This is Greg Olson, inviting you to check out my new Blue Wire podcast, TE1, where I interview tight ends throughout the history of the NFL who have helped revolutionize the position. TE1 is presented by the Chevy Silverado. The Silverado is all about grit. It's strong and dependable, exactly like playing tight end. Just like the incredible players we sit down with on the podcast, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. Strong, advanced, and dependable. Download TE1 today, wherever you listen to podcasts. Where's the tackle? Watch out! Burst of speed! Look at this freshman! Welcome to the home of professional football, Canton, Ohio. Hello and welcome to another episode of the College of the Canton podcast. The perfect show for any and every college football and NFL fan. I'm still your host, Travis May, and if you're joining us for the first time, as I always say, College of the Canton is a show where we talk about everything from college football recruiting to the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and we always talk some fantasy football, but we make sure to dive into some real college football and NFL analysis too. Last week, I broke down all the top college football playmakers who dominated the first full slate of college action, definitely helping their NFL draft stocks. But this week, I'll actually split it up here. I'll be talking about a mix of both NFL and college players who have just absolutely been on fire, breaking down whether it, you know, whatever they've been doing is actually sustainable and whether or not, you know, we should buy in and actually believe the hype surrounding what's going on right now with them. Because, I mean, this was a rough weekend this past weekend for a lot of injuries to some of the top playmakers and favorite players of ours and so you know you're gonna hear a lot of people this week on fantasy football shows saying well hey use this time to buy low on the injuries and all this other stuff rather than focus on all the the negative and kind of taking advantage of just the negative things that happened this weekend i just want to talk about some players that i actually believe in and i do believe the hype surrounding them because that's that's really fun and what's really fun is is seeing these guys go off you know maybe a couple years into their nfl career you know after you've been a fan for a few years so maybe listeners if you you've liked some of these you know younger studs who've been going off in the NFL. Maybe you like them even when they were college players. So I just want to dive into some of the top playmakers on both sides, NFL and college, to uh, kind of help predict the future and and, uh, help you in your fantasy football leagues, but also just kind of talk about some of these guys from a statistical standpoint about how incredible it is what they're doing right now and how they are going to sustain that. So I'll get into that here shortly. And uh, this actually will be the last time I don't have a guest on the podcast here for a little bit. But yeah, early on in the season, just want to get as much information out to you as quickly as possible, immediately following the college football action in week one, and now immediately following the NFL action in week two. So without further ado, we're going to dive right into it, get to some of the NFL side first, and we'll get on the back half, we'll dive into the college side of things. But first, I talked about the man of the hour, and I think I will start making that a segment that we talk about all the time on the College Again podcast, but last week it was Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame, and we might get to him again here shortly, but this week's man of the hour has to be Mr. Aaron LeRae Jones, Green Bay Packers running back. Formerly of the University of Texas at El Paso, he had 22 total touches this week, three total touchdowns, 236 yards from scrimmage, eight targets out of the backfield. And, you know, I don't know what we thought was going to happen this year. Oh, but A.J. Dillon's quads, though. I mean, my goodness, guys, it's it's incredible how people can just, you know, not enjoy a good running back when when they get one. It's, it's funny. Like, I don't know. I don't care that, you know, he was drafted late. 
you know, back three, four years ago. I don't care that AJ Dillon is here now. I, I don't care what anyone says. Back, I mean, back in 2017, we all should have seen Aaron Jones coming, right? He had put together an absolutely incredible profile of production, uh, when healthy anyway, at one of the worst college football programs in the history of this sport in UTEP. I mean, he absolutely annihilated the combine with the exception of basically just an average 40 time, but it wasn't bad at all and was still ignored by many NFL teams and sports writers alike, really. But I remember writing up a piece I guess it was probably March or so, maybe February or so, about how he was the steal of the 2017 running back class. And I can't believe, you know, leading into his fourth season, still now, I mean, I I, I saw some people just knocking him, you know, worried about A.J. Dillon and talking about how he's coming up on a contract. He's already getting old. I actually saw people talking about him already getting old. And and keep in mind, we were coming off a season with Aaron Jones. He just put up 320 fantasy points in PPR formats. And there are still people questioning Aaron Jones. It's just insane. So I'm buying into the hype. I've been buying into the hype. I've been buying into the hype before there was any hype with Aaron Jones. Uh, he's and he's going to be a running back one just about every other week this year. He's a threat as a receiver, and really, he's probably going to be the, the receiver, like wide receiver two for the Packers because Alan Lazard is kind of a thing, Marquez Valdez Scantling is kind of a thing, but it's really you know Devonte Adams and then Aaron Jones is the playmaker that they go to there and rely upon. So I don't know why anyone is out there that that could possibly question the great Aaron Jones and the legend of his career over the last year and a couple weeks here now. If there's anyone willing to sell him in your fantasy football leagues without making you, you know, give up your left arm, your right arm, your left leg, and half of your right leg, then I would actually go look into it. Maybe wait for one down week with Aaron Jones and uh, go after it because as a competing team in, in any fantasy football format, you're going to be wanting to go after Aaron Jones, and that may sound silly, like coming off a week that we just had, but you know, sometimes buying a good player uh, is worth it. <laughs> and so, uh, hopefully, you already had Aaron Jones on your roster. Hopefully, if you've been playing Dynasty for a while, you had him on your roster for the past three plus years. But speaking of legendary running backs, the legend of Jonathan Taylor was born on Sunday this week. He saw 28 touches this week. And obviously, he wasn't the most efficient back, and the game script kind of dictated that. You know, it was later on, he, he kind of was getting a lot of work that, uh, you know, they knew it was coming. But now that Jonathan Taylor has a job, Marlon Mack is out, and Jonathan Taylor is never going to relent those reins now. And I've said this a lot on this podcast, other shows, several things throughout Jonathan Taylor's college career. The guy put up the most yards from scrimmage in modern co- college football history per game. Second only in all of college football history, second only to Herschel Walker. I mean, he's going to succeed. He was always going to succeed. He had the feature back size, feature back athleticism, proved he could be a receiver in his final season, and, you know, put up 2,000 yard seasons at Wisconsin. He is still very much the running back one for this 2020 class, and he'll be worth a first round startup dynasty draft pick in a month's time. So hopefully you already drafted him. Hopefully you already traded for him. But it is nearly too late. The hype train is running out of room. So I am buying into the hype. I mean, if you've listened to this show or the Dynasty Command Center or any of my other podcasts where I've talked about, 
you know, future NFL draft players. Maybe maybe you watched even the touchdown time with Travis series from like three plus years ago when Jonathan Taylor was going into his true freshman season and they were already calling him beast mode before he'd even taken a college snap at Wisconsin. Jonathan Taylor was going to make it, and we knew it three-plus years ago. So here, the time is now. I just can't wait to sit back, relax, and watch one of the best running back prospects to come out in the past 10 years just do his thing. So if there is anybody that you you know is willing to, to come off of Jonathan Taylor in the next couple weeks or so, that's probably your last buy window on him before it's basically shut. And I, I just had to get... Those two out of the way real quick because Aaron Jones has been my guy forever. Jonathan Taylor has been my guy forever. Just had to get those guys out of the way before we went on to anyone else. But before we dive into more wide receivers and other positions and other players I'm buying into and believing the hype, just a word from our Rotoviz radio family. What's up, listeners? This is Curtis Patrick. I just wanted to stop by and say thank you for supporting Rotoviz radio. You are the absolute best audience in the business, and I know it. As a special thank you, I'm offering 10% off your next Rotoviz subscription. Just use code 2020RVRADIO at checkout. That's right. Go to rotoviz.com, click subscribe, and enter code 2020RVRADIO at checkout for 10% off. You can even extend your subscription. Oh, and one more thing. If you haven't ever done it, please rate and review the podcast you're listening to right now on Apple Podcasts. It's really easy. It only takes like 10, 15 seconds. Just do it. We'd love to hear your feedback. Now, back to the show. So kind of gave you a two for one in the man of the hour segment with really Aaron Jones, but also in a way, Jonathan Taylor, because he's going to be the dude that everybody wants to own in fantasy football formats of every kind here in the near future. But let's pivot over to some wide receivers here because I almost had to put Calvin Ridley as the man of the hour too because what he's doing for the Falcons right now is really reminiscent of early Julio Jones and Roddy White doing that one-two punch. I guess that was 2011, 2012, 2013. Roddy White was you know nearing the end of his, his career. Julio Jones is at that point. He's nearing the end of his career. He's still going to be dominant for the next few years. But man, Julio Jones was obviously on the up and up at that point. And now... Calvin Ridley, it's his turn to be on the up and up and really just be a wide receiver one. And really, given the Falcons' offense and, and, and their lack of a defense and what they're going to have to do offensively, they're going to have to be throwing nearly 40 times per game all season long. I'd expect you know 620, 630, 640, 650 plus pass attempts for them this year. And if they do that, really, we could see two wide receiver ones from the Falcons this year with Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley consistently putting up great numbers. I mean, in Calvin Ridley, 22 targets through two weeks, 16 receptions, 239 receiving yards, four touchdowns. I mean, he's way, way up there. I mean, I, I was not... I was wrong on Calvin Ridley. I was thinking he'd be more of a middling wide receiver too this year, uh, but he's proven me wrong. The volume of the Atlanta Falcons offense has proven me wrong, and I can't wait to see what that looks like in the near future and really post Julio Jones because I think his ceiling, I was skeptical before. Even dating back to Alabama days, I, I knew that he was a really solid route runner, and he did dominate on the field, even when they had Jerry Judy, Henry Ruggs, and Devontae Smith coming in as true freshman, he had all the market share, even when he was sharing the field with those three guys when they were true freshmen. But I didn't fully believe he was going to be the anchor wide receiver one of a franchise for a long time. But now that he's done what he has, 
in his first two seasons. And now, you know, doing this through two weeks with four touchdowns already, I think the sky's the limit for Ridley. I think that by mid-October, he's going to be a second-round pick in Dynasty Startup mock drafts and maybe even higher by season's end just because of what we expect him to be even post Julio Jones. So definitely buying the hype with Calvin Ridley. Staying at wide receiver, the wide receiver one for the 2020 wide receiver class for many people was C.D. Lamb. He and Jalen Rager were my two favorites throughout the process because they met just about, checked about every single box. C.D. Lamb had a 90th percentile adjusted production index. He had the first round draft capital. He had adequate athleticism. He showed extreme yak ability in college. So he's kind of another buy high now before his price truly goes through the roof in Dynasty because he's on pace for an easy 110 targets in year one. I think a lot of people thought that, you know, they're going to split. Oh, Michael Gallup, he's still going to break out this year. But he's quickly shown that he's trusted by the Cowboys. He's trusted by Dak. He had a a game-sealing reception and had his first 100-yard receiving game this past week. We could see an absolute breakout top 24 performance out of CeeDee Lamb in his first season. Definitely buying all the Lamb. I hope you already drafted him already. I mean, we, we talked about him on the Dynasty Command Center. We talked about him on the College to Canton here. We talked about, I don't know, every podcast for the past three years talking about C.D. Lamb ever since he was a true freshman at Oklahoma. So go get him. Believe the hype. I don't know what else to say. but And I know that a lot of people are going to have questions on uh, his teammate, Dalton Schultz. And yes, he's another guy where you can actually believe the hype. Because he can be what we wanted Blake Jarwin to be. I think for a lot of people that believed in Blake Jarwin this year, he was supposed to be the heir to finally give us some tight end production post Jason Witten. You know, there are a couple of tight ends we thought were going to be that guy for a long time. Blake Jarwin looked like he could be it. Dalton Schultz had 10 targets in his first real action. Dating back to even Dalton Schultz's days at Stanford, I was a believer that he could break out even back then. And he was a well-rounded, you know, he wasn't a 260-pound tight end, but he had the blocking skills and the receiving skills that you like to see. And he didn't blow up in in the production uh, in college. But really, college tight ends don't explode, except for a few specific schemes. And he still got the fourth round draft capital, almost got day two draft capital. So I believe Dalton Schultz is also worth the hype if you're wondering about who to pick up in redraft leagues. And and, and even in dynasty leagues, he was hanging out on waiver wires probably just a week or two ago. So go shopping, figure out if you can get Dalton Schultz, because I'm definitely believing the hype with him, at least to a back-end tight end one type of, of, of an extent in the absence of Blake Jarwin. And staying at tight end, I do want to say Mike Kosicki this week demonstrated why we were all so excited about him killing the combine just a year ago. I mean, he almost saw day one draft capital, uh, and he went to a situation where they didn't have a ton of proven receiving options there. Now he gets eight receptions, 130 yards, and a score. And I think once Tua Tungabailoa takes over, at quarterback. His his ceiling is going to be crazy, crazy high. He's still very young tight end. We, he could see that year two explosion in production given the mix of wide receiving options that they have to compete their four targets. So remember, Gesicki is a 99th percentile athlete. He's got the blocking ability, but he's really been used a lot in the slot. He's going to be you know that next kind of Travis Kelsey tight end. So buy in, buy high if you have to, because still his price is not crazy, at least in my leagues right now. It's not if you just try to go acquire him for some rookie picks right now because of his position, because of you know the uncertainty in Miami and Ryan Fitzpatrick still the quarterback. 
I think you can still get him pretty cheap despite the draft capital, despite him being younger. His price is not out of control just yet. If you have any questions on trades, definitely find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. I'd be happy to answer any questions with Kasiki and in the upside that is there with him. But back over to a, a wide receiver, a, a guy that really just has continually outperformed expectations when he's been healthy. Robbie Anderson uh, for the Carolina Panthers putting up, you know, what, nine catches for 109 yards this past week. He's doing much more than just, you know, his deep work. I mean, we all liked him for his his deep ability to go kind of win downfield. You know, he was always a good asset in, in best ball formats. But I think now he might actually have the safest floor that he's ever had. And DJ Moore is still going to get his targets. I mean, DJ Moore had 13 targets, for goodness sake. But Robbie Anderson had 10 targets. And even in a loss, even when they couldn't get touchdowns, even when Bridgewater has an off week, they're still going to have to pass. They're still going to be coming back from you know a deficit, even with Christian McCaffrey making plays. Bridgewater is not necessarily going to be leading the team down the field to victory, but they're going to have a lot of targets trying to keep up with teams all season long. So Robbie Anderson, again, not a super young guy. He's not going to be an anchor for your team for 10 years to come. You know, he's actually already 27, almost 28, but he's somebody because of that. You can get him cheaper, and he's really just entering the apex of his expected wide receiver production at age 27. So I'd be all for targeting Robbie Anderson, especially in best ball. But again, now I think he has the target floor that you're looking for that that is more trustworthy in the flex as well, especially way more, way more safe than uh, a guy who uh, a lot of people love and Curtis Samuel. So yes, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Christian McCaffrey, that's going to be the entirety of, of the offense there. But obviously, <laughs> Christian McCaffrey costs you a second mortgage on your home. DJ Moore is getting to that price range, but Robbie Anderson, but he's way, way, way cheaper. So go just kind of figure out if, if he's not, especially if he's not like on a competing team in your dynasty leagues, just try to figure out how to get him on your team because he's a solid wide receiver, three, four, five option. Uh, for a lot of rosters and then one more wide receiver before I wrap up the NFL side here of players that I'm believing the hype in DK Metcalf just finished up torching Stefan Gilmore Sunday night whether it was deep whether it was in run blocking whether it was getting into a fight on the sidelines DK Metcalf just dominated one of the better corners in the National Football League I mean, we saw what he did last year, getting about you know 900 yards in his first NFL season, blowing it up, primarily running slants and goes, and that was about it. And really, in year two, they're still taking advantage of the simple routes, the slant, the go, maybe a, a curl or a comeback, something simple for him. But they're adding some nuance to his game as well, getting him in on some corner routes and getting him on some deep crossers. They're adding to his game piece by piece and Really, it reminds me of early career Julio Jones. I know I already mentioned him with Calvin Ridley, but I think we forget because it's been so long now that Julio Jones came into the league that his game was actually not necessarily raw and not nearly as raw as DK Metcalf was coming in, but he did a whole bunch of that just simple route combinations, go grab the ball deep, go run a go. Matt Ryan would just chuck it down the field and then, hey, just run a slant run a hitch. It was basically three routes for the first three years of Julio Jones' career. 
He obviously developed into one of the greatest wide receivers of all time. He's probably going to be in the GOAT conversation when it's all said and done. But DK Metcalf is developing. One of the best athletes we've ever seen at the position is developing. And that is scary. That is a scary proposition for every NFL cornerback. And when you have Russell Wilson, who he himself is probably going to be in the conversation among the greatest quarterbacks of all time when his career is all said and done, you know, one of two and in a couple of weeks, it's going to be three quarterbacks all time to have 30,000 passing yards and 4,000 rushing yards. When you have Russell Wilson at quarterback, it really helps you develop. And DK Metcalf is going to continue exploding this year. And that's Probably a no-brainer to those that have been following along with his career from his days as a recruit and being a, an obvious five-star kid who's just making one-handed catches left and right, dunking on people, making it look too easy, to dominating in a limited sample size at all Miss, especially in his final season there, to exploding in his rookie year despite being a quote-unquote raw prospect. Uh, now that he's developing, now that he's growing, he, he could be in line for an 1,100-yard season this year and then just never look back and truly become the next Julio Jones. DK Metcalf is truly going to be a top-five wide receiver in the NFL at some point in his career in the next probably two, three years. And so we just need to buy, and we just need to be treating him as such right now to properly take advantage. And then to wrap up the the NFL guys that I'm really believing the hype for, at least short term, it's it's strange because David Montgomery is not like a name that I think a lot of people were hyping up this year, you know, like he was the third running back from last year that that barely squeaked past a thousand yards from scrimmage. Everyone was pumped about Josh Jacobs. Everyone was pumped about Miles Sanders. And they're like, eh, okay, David Montgomery is still probably going to get some work. That's cool. But Mitchell Trubisky's bad, so I don't really care. But here we are, second weekend, 21 touches this week. And it, he's going to be a feature back this year, whether we like it or not. And so if he has any production at all with that feature back workload and, it, and an offense that probably will disappoint three, four, five times this year in a just colossal way, he's still going to have over a 1,000 yards from scrimmage for the second consecutive season in a row. And if you buy him right now or buy him when they do have one of those disappointing weeks here soon, and and any hype train that started to develop maybe dies down a bit, that's going to be the window to try to go acquire David Montgomery. If he continues on this track, he's going to near 300 touches on the year. So let's let's hope that's the case if you go out and buy him now uh, before people realize that he's in line for such a healthy workload. He could actually, among the three second-year running backs that we were all excited about, Josh Jacobs, Miles Sanders, and David Montgomery, he might end up having the most touches out of all three of them. So yes, I am kind of believing whatever hype we should have after the performance that we just saw him put together this week. And really dating back to his Iowa State days, a lot of people were high on David Montgomery for a very long time because he was so elusive. Iowa State had a horrible offensive line. It was not an ideal offensive situation. David Montgomery found a way to produce anyway, and that's where he is again with the Chicago Bears. Believe the hype or believe what we just saw this week. Go buy him. Maybe when it's uh, you know on the one down week that Trubisky is going to put up here soon, inevitably, in the very near future. But definitely take a look at Montgomery and see if you can acquire him in any Dynasty League format if you can. Last running back, 
want to mention James Robinson is here to play for the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's accounted for nearly all of the true running back carries. Yes, they're feeding LaVisca Chenault some carries as a running back there, but James Robinson already has 32 carries through two career games and, and has some targets to go with that. He actually had four targets just this week. The Jaguars organization may actually want to lose. They may, you know, be trading off pieces and hoping that they lose and hoping that they're, you know, in the Trevor tank for Trevor sweepstakes next spring. But clearly the team doesn't want to. And clearly the more than a dozen rookies who see significant work every single week, they don't want to lose. People who just grabbed Robinson, James Robinson, for basically free off the waiver wire in all your leagues and all your fantasy football leagues, they're probably going to be looking to jettison him right now for a second round rookie pick or so, especially if they're not super competitive. Uh, in the, in your dynasty league, but but definitely go check it out because I'm not sure that James Robinson, being an undrafted free agent, being only two games in, I don't think anyone's just fully bought in. But he's the kind of player, given the opportunity, given uh, you know what he has to lose in this first season, I would want to have him on as many teams as I could get him on. The Jaguars might not be in great position to uh, to win every single week. Maybe the game script dictates that his his ceiling is not running back one, but that's not what you're going to have to pay to get an undrafted free agent playing for the Jaguars. So go check it out. I think people are going to, you know, you're going to see a lot more uh, hype articles on James Robinson, given his performance now two consecutive weeks, having like 32 of the 34 actual running back carries for the Jaguars. That's pretty meaningful. Believe it. Go get him. Doesn't cost a ton. Makes your team better. Hope that helps. But before we dive into some college players that I'm believing the hype for and and really projecting some NFL future success here that that will help your fantasy football team succeed succeed in the near future, that you may want to give a look if you play Debbie formats or if you play college fantasy football or if you play daily college fantasy football. Just a word from our sponsors. Visa knows that local businesses are the heartbeat of our communities. Whether they're our corner stores, our coffee spots, or our favorite shops, local businesses have always been there for us. They remember our orders, they call us by name, always giving back, making a difference, and going that extra mile to support us and our community. And right now, more than ever, local businesses need our support. So now it's time for us to return the favor. The next time you go shopping, make the choice to shop at local businesses and look for the contactless symbol and tap to pay with a contactless visa to help support your community. Because where and how you shop matters. Visa, everywhere you want to be. Official partner of the NFL. Even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need, you can pause your account at any time, and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier, like sponsored jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire you need, just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through September 30th. Just to recap again, some names that I am believing the hype in on the NFL side of things. 
Aaron LaRay Jones of the Green Bay Packers, go get him. Jonathan Taylor, the legend himself. Calvin Ridley, C.D. Lamb, Robbie Anderson, David Montgomery, James, James Robinson, Mike Gesicki, D.K. Metcalf, just to name a few. Can't name every single player in the NFL on every show, but those are the ones I'm believing in the hype, given what they've done through two weeks. But going in a different direction, because I know a lot of the fans that live a lot of the listeners that check out the show love college football, love NFL prospect analysis, and heck, that's really what the show's really about, the journey from college recruit all the way to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. That's why we call it College to Canton. There are a ton of players that I could talk about through a, a few weeks of college football action, but I'm just going to kick it off with some wide receivers first here that I'm really excited about that have been killing it. You've heard me talk about this guy before if you've listened to the show for very long. If you've heard me talk on just about any other college football podcast, I've probably mentioned his name. But Chatarius Tutu Atwell, the lead wide receiver for Louisville, is already off to a fast start yet again with 15 catches for 192 receiving yards and two touchdowns in just two games. And yes, that is good for a 31% dominator rating if you don't want to do the math. 2.74 yards per team pass attempt as well. And by the way, that is well above average for NFL wide receiver prospects. And those numbers are actually way lower than his peak numbers that he's put up even just last year. But he's getting there. And he's already posted a 91st percentile adjusted production index, you know, looking at his overall production profile through through a different through a few different lenses. And he's a 91st percentile adjusted production index wide receiver, you know, when comparing him to virtually every other NFL prospect ever. So he can improve on that still this year. And he looks he looks a bit thicker, but he's still maintaining his speed. Still killing it, even though they brought in a grad transfer in Braden Smith, who's been doing pretty well also to compete with him for targets. Tutu Atwell has still been killing it through two weeks, producing even even in a tougher matchup this past weekend, he was able to get his. Uh, expect much more from Atwell as we progress throughout the season. Expect him to work in some more vertical routes and things like that. But if he really does maintain his speed, uh, while also playing a little bit thicker this year and maybe even add some more weight before the NFL Combine, there's act- absolutely no way that he's not going to be a day two draft pick next spring if he does so choose to go into the stacked 2021 wide receiver class. But another name that I haven't mentioned a lot, maybe in passing, but for SMU, and SMU uh, that is not Southern Miss, like Mississippi, but Southern Methodist SMU, they actually have given us quite a few good NFL wide receivers. You know, most recently, Corlin Sutton. You know, you guys may have heard the, the name Emmanuel Sanders before. Several others have come out of SMU. Reggie Roberson Jr. is now the lead wide receiver for SMU. And he was actually last year already clearly the best receiver on the team for the Mustangs, even though he was sharing targets with now Baltimore Raven James Prochet, who actually, you know, Prochet actually set a bunch of school records because he actually stayed there for all four years. Robertson struggled to stay healthy at times, but when he is healthy, he typically goes off and he's off to a ridiculous start in 2020. Has 15 catches, 202 receiving yards, and three touchdowns in just two games. That's good for a 44% dominator. Yes, 44%, or, you know, like a 99th percentile wide receiver production rating and and even more impressive than Tutu Atwell this year in terms of yards per team passed him 2.92 which is like 85th percentile among 
NFL wide receiver prospects. The dude is producing in a big way, albeit, you know, for a smaller school, not against top competition like some other players are doing, but he's going to dominate this whole year long. So if he does declare for the NFL draft, he could sneak into day two draft consideration in conversations here soon if he isn't already. His teammate Rashi Rice, a second-year player for SMU, kind of came on last year in limited sample when Robertson missed some time. They're both actually going off. Rashi Rice is actually, he I think he actually has one more receiving yard right now than Robertson does. He just doesn't have any touchdowns to go along with them. Both of those players are going to continue going off in the, in the high-volume system that they have for SMU. So keep those names in your back pocket. Reggie Robertson Jr. and Rashi Rice. Two RR names. Reggie Robertson, Rashi Rice. Easy to remember. SMU wide receivers. Watch them if you can. If you get any SMU games on TV, they're a lot of fun to watch. A couple other wide receivers that went off this past weekend. Marlon Williams and Trey Nixon, both playing for UCF or Central Florida, both scored two touchdowns each this weekend. And their former teammate, actually Gabriel Davis, also scored his first NFL touchdown this weekend for the Bills. And you may not think like NFL powerhouse university when you think of UCF, but you know they, they have been really good over the past 5-10 years. That And the AAC is actually a really solid conference these days. In fact, UCF would probably be a top three or four team if they were in the ACC. Uh, so we really have to take a look at their wide receivers and really skill position players every year at this point. And when you have a, a quarterback like Dylan Gabriel, second year player for them, who's actually just going off, looks like a pro himself, is going to pump volume in the direction of Marlon Williams and Trey Nixon every single week. We have to watch what these two guys do. Gabriel Davis actually earned round four capital. One of these guys could get up in the, into day two conversation real quick, especially if Marlon Williams, who was off to a hot start, uh, continues what he did in first in the first week, he had 10 catches for over 160 yards in one game, and that's just the start of the season. Trey Nixon kind of banged himself up on the second score. We'll see if he can come back completely healthy. If not, Marlon Williams is going to be his show for the uh, for a few weeks here soon. So Marlon Williams, Trey Nixon for UCF. You know, as SEC football is kicking off this coming weekend, you know, a lot of group of five conferences and those schools are going to kind of their players are going to be fading into the background as everyone gets hyped for their actual team that they root for. But got to write these guys names down because Marlon Williams, Trey Nixon, one of them is probably going to get, you know, fringe day two, day three draft capital next spring or the following thereafter. And a few other wide receivers on the college side, just to Put a name in your hat that are also a group of five guys that are probably going to be forgotten quickly here soon. Tim Jones for Southern Mississippi has been absolutely destroying. You know, one of the, I think he's actually got the most receiving yards in all of college football right now. Thomas Hennigan, wide receiver, Appalachian State. Low volume passing offense, but he's dominating, accounting for over 40% of their production there. Jonathan Adams Jr., wide receiver for Arkansas State. You know, had three touchdowns just last week. He's going to continue to dominate. And then Zay Flowers, actually not not a group of five guy, but Boston College is, I, they might as well be a group of five conference team that they're so often forgotten. But they actually had a pretty good game. Zay Flowers, you know, low volume offense there through the air, but he accounted for most of the, the receiving production, especially the wide receiver production. Hunter Long at tight end actually had a good game as well. Boston College doesn't send a whole lot of wide receivers to the NFL, but a name that would be interesting to watch if he continues to produce at a high clip, even on a lower volume offense with a new uh, quarterback at the helm there. 
for Boston College. And then only one tight end I'm going to talk about this week that's been absolutely killing it. And he's really benefiting from being the only one of the you know tight end trio that should be drafted top 50 next spring. Brevin Jordan from Miami. You know, Pat Farmuth, he plays for Penn State. Should be going off right now had been the Big Ten not messed up their schedule and started a month plus late. Uh, and then, of course, Kyle Pitts for Florida. He'll be playing here soon. But Brevin Jordan, through two games, he's already got 10 receptions for 171 receiving yards and two scores. And really a good tight end breakout season. You know, it breaks out, you know, with a 20% dominator or, you know, 20% of overall receiving production between yards and touchdowns. That's a really great tight end season. Brevin Jordan is accounting for 42% of Miami's receiving yards and touchdowns through two games. If he continues doing that, there's absolutely no way he's not a first-round pick next spring. And he really just dominates anytime they get in close. But this last week, he had a huge, long touchdown. Brevin Jordan can do it all. So I'm excited to see where he lands in the NFL because he's going to be a first-round pick next spring. Lock it in. Staying on that same team but changing positions, Talked about Cameron Harris a couple times on a couple different shows. I don't think I'm talking about him enough, though, because he now leads all Power 5 running backs in yards from scrimmage through two weeks. Two huge runs already, huge long runs. Actually has had exactly 134 rushing yards in both games thus far. Harris is really solidifying day two draft capital already with just about every touch of the ball. If he continues... To, to stay among the top running backs all season long, even after we add the SEC, even after we add the Big Ten, even after we potentially add the Pac-12. NFL teams are going to be hard-pressed to to leave him out of, of the conversation when they um, near the end of day two of the NFL draft next spring, if Cameron Harris does want to go next spring, because he still has remaining eligibility. And last week, uh, the man of the hour was Kyron Williams out of Notre Dame. You know, he kind of had a downish week. I was disappointed because I actually recommended that people play him in college DFS uh, this past weekend. But it turns out Notre Dame didn't need him at all to absolutely crush South Florida. So he only touched the ball, you know, 12 times as opposed to, you know, 22, 23 times like he did the week before. They spread it around. Ian Book, uh, you know, had a couple rushing t- touchdowns. So he only saw 72 yards uh, on his 12 touches this past weekend, but expect much more than that. He still has 25% of the team's receiving yard market share overall. He's out touching all the other running backs, even after, you know, kind of a down week where they didn't even ask him to do much. Still out touching all other running backs on the team by more than, you know, two to one touches across the board and he's second among all power five running backs in yards from scrimmage only to Cameron Harris of Miami so Kyron Williams still the guy need to see a few more big weeks before I truly rank him up way up high in my NFL prospect rankings uh, over at Rotoviz but definitely a guy I'll be watching to see what he does because if he has another couple of weeks like he did last week he's going to be moving up and could be in the 2022 running back one conversation and then a couple more running backs before we head into, you know, the SEC weekend that, you know, I don't know when you're listening to this, but, you know, SEC football is kicking off this coming week. Want to mention a couple group of five guys that'll probably be quickly forgotten once we get all of our favorite players back. But these guys should have NFL futures. Sincere McCormick, that's a real name, by the way. His, his first name is Sincere, running back for University of Texas at San Antonio, UTSA. Uh, not exactly a running back powerhouse school uh, by any means, but you know he's a little bit undersized, five nine, two hundred ish. But 
He leads all college running backs right now. Not just power five, not just group of five, all college running backs in yards from scrimmage with 295 yards through just two games. And it's not like he's, this is the first time he's done this before either. Last year as a true freshman, he had almost a thousand yards on the ground and he should have an NFL future, albeit most likely via day three draft capital. Sincere McCormick, UTSA, you got to remember that name. If you like kind of small school running back prospects, like rooting for the little guy, little guy, you know, literally, Sincere McCormick is your guy. But a little bit bigger guy to remember is Brendan Knox. He plays for Marshall. You know, uh, for, for those of you that remember when Marshall was good, it looks like Marshall might be good again thanks to their new quarterback, Grant Wells. Upsetting Appalachian State this past weekend, Brendan, Brendan Knox already has 223 rushing yards through two games, and really he didn't even have to do much of anything in one of those games. He, he's got feature back size, six six foot, six one-ish, 225 pounds, and now, like I said, he's got the quarterback to really boost his numbers for this year and next. Uh, if he's got that size, if he can actually run pretty well at his size and he puts up a couple seasons of decent numbers and he already has one under his belt, especially with a solid quarterback, especially if Marshall can can garner some real, uh, you know, ranked potential. Marshall gets back, uh, at least in this brief window with good quarterback play uh, to, to a place of relevance. Brendan Knox could definitely work into day two NFL draft upside. But I hope that was helpful. Those are just some names that I'm really looking at uh, before we dive into the the thick of you know other Power Five conferences coming back. Just want to highlight some smaller school kids that really do have some potential this week, and also some of the bigger school names like Cameron Harris at Miami, Brevin Jordan also at Miami, Kyron Williams at Notre Dame. The guys that I really am confident will see some early draft capital as well. Like to mix it up here. But always want to give you guys some some information you may not already know. <laughs> but I do hope you guys enjoy SEC football coming back. I really am looking forward to Big Ten football coming back. Purdue's alma my, my alma mater, so I hope hope they're not too terrible without Rondell Moore. But if you guys have any questions on anything that I mentioned, like the Dominator rating, Adjusted Production Index, we have a bunch of uh, production numbers for a lot of wide receiver prospects, running back prospects at our box score scouting tool over at RotoViz. You can check out there. You can also find me on Twitter at FF underscore Travis M. If you have any questions on any production metrics I talk about, or if you have, you know, if you want to tell me that I'm super wrong about anybody uh, on the NFL side or the college side, or if, or if you want to say, hey, why aren't you mentioning this guy on the show? Well, I want to mention all those guys on the show. So feel free to reach out, leave a rate and review wherever you listen. Really helps the show. And really, feel feel free to leave a a question in there. Would love to get it on the show. But again, just giving you some names to believe the hype for both the NFL side and the college side. And thanks for listening, guys. I, I am going to have some guests on again here soon, but just wanted to get some instant content out for you early on this season. But I look forward to you joining me soon for many more episodes of the College to Canton podcast. The wait is finally over and football is back. You might not be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. 
BetOnline is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads and totals to team, player, and coaching props, BetOnline gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, division, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to BetOnline today and take advantage of all the great sign-up bonuses. Don't forget to use promo code BLUEWIRE at BetOnline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE. All one word, bet online, your online sportsbook experts.